Do you know where your car is right now? And maybe you do and maybe you don't. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Hi, this is Frank Buck, helping you get organized and make it look easy. And my guest today is Julie Bestry. Now, if Julie looks familiar, she's been on the show before. In the show notes, I'll put a link to that episode. But uh, Julie, first of all, Tell us a little bit about yourself, where people can find out more about you, and then we'll delve into a very interesting story. Well, Frank, thank you for having me. So uh, I'm Julie Bestry. My company is Best Results Organizing, and I'm here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and everywhere the internet goes. Um, I'm a certified professional organizer, a productivity coach, a certified Evernote expert and all around adorable chick. <laughs> and uh, people can find me at my website, which is easily enough my name. It's juliebestry.com. And as you said, you're going to put that link in, so I won't spell it out for them. But um, I have been in business uh, 21 years, uh, helping individuals uh, get away from that sense of overwhelm, helping them save time and money, reduce stress, and increase their productivity. Fantastic. So if this sounds like something that uh, you need, uh, especially if you're paper-based, Julie is your person. So Julie, uh, it's, it's been, I guess, a couple of months ago that I, I I called you to ask a question or to talk about something. I can't even right now remember what it was because when you told me about how your day was going, it just blew my little question out <laughs> of the water. So um, why don't you tell our audience what was going on? Well, so this was the beginning of August. It was a Monday. And I don't see clients on Mondays. I occasionally work with virtual clients, but I am at home in my office. It's admin Monday. And so I generally don't leave my house on Mondays until later in the day, maybe four or five o'clock to to run errands. So um, when the phone rang while I was uh, doing something else, uh, just a little before lunchtime, I let it go to voicemail. A little bit later, I listened to the message, and it was the voice of a teenage girl. And what she said was something that I really wasn't expecting to hear. She said, hi, I'm just wondering, did you lose car? Call this number back because uh, we saw a red Kia. So if you're missing a red Kia, call this number back because we saw someone drive away with a red Kia. And I thought, that's weird. I grabbed my key. I thought, okay, this is some sort of prank. But I grabbed my key fob and went outside onto my front step and sort of, and I have a parking lot like off to the side. My my apartment doesn't face my car, but I just have to lean out like that. And I pushed it expecting to hear the whoop whoop. And I heard no whoop whoop. And I sort of jogged a little closer to the parking lot. No whoop whoop. And there were no cars on my side of, of the parking lot. And I was like, okay. And I'm pinching. I'm literally moving my arm, my hand up and down my arm, pinching myself, thinking this is one of those weird dreams that just seems really real. So I run back in the house and I call the number 
of of the young girl who who had called me and she answers right away and i'm think you know i'm thinking if she's not who stole my car and it didn't sound like like it was then how did she know who i was because there's nothing identifiable um you know the whole thing is sort of running around in my head and she explains to me that she and three of her age cohorts so these are girls probably about 14 were going into the gym that's associated with a small church that's right around the corner from here less than a mile and as they got to the church they saw somebody dumping things out of a car and as they approached they said um a teenage boy they described him as, you know and i i trust teenage girls to judge the age of of a teenage boy better better than people our age can right Good move. If, if we yeah. would have gone i don't know he's somewhere between 11 and 50 <laughs> but they said a teenage boy with dark hair and baggy pants jumped back in the car they said he didn't seem to draw, know how to drive very well. And he turned the wheel. He hit, and this is how they described it. He hit a fence, knocked it down, and drove off through a field. And I'm thinking, where are there fields around here? Like, I'm, I'm trying to process this mm-hmm. information, especially because the name of the church that they mentioned has a similar name to a much bigger church that's further down that farther down that same road. And so my my brain obviously I'm panicking but also I'm having trouble making sense of this. And I'm like, "Well, how did you know to call me?" Well, they were on their way to volleyball practice. These were uh Christian homeschool girls, I guess like either at the end of middle school, beginning of high school. They went into the gym and they had their volleyball practice. And then they were just coming out when they saw papers all over the parking lot. And so they found my insurance papers that had been in the glove box. Because as as we learned that when when police stop vehicles, they say license and registration, please, and proof of insurance. And because I'm the sort of person who follows those rules, I have that all in the original paper in the glove box. And also on my on my phone. But so that's how they got my name. So I said, well, did you pick up all of my paperwork? You know, I'm thinking if you found some everything that got dumped out of somebody's car, you would probably somehow safeguard it. And she's like, well, no. And she starts to explain when an adult takes the phone. Okay. And so I'm thinking. Okay, this is interesting. Turns out this was the volleyball coach for these girls. She explains that the girls had come out, seen this, put two and two together with the car driving off and my paperwork, found my phone number on my in, on my um, insurance paperwork, called me, and then because they had gotten my voicemail, they all went on. There was apparently a team building session at someone's house that the um, that their coach and somebody, so another adult, and they all went off to. And when they got there, they started telling the story. So the coach didn't even know that any of this had happened. 
And when I called and the coach realized I was on the phone, she figured maybe it would be better if adults were talking to one adult another. Adult to adult, yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. and so she explained that she had actually gone in and, um, or gone ahead and called the, um, the pastor of the church to explain what had happened and to ask him to pick up all of the paperwork. And then she said, once she and I discussed this strange turn of events, she said that she was going to call the police. The girls were had been discussing whether they should do that on their own. She was very surprised that they had thought to call the owner all on their own. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed that these girls took that kind Absolutely. of initiative. Absolutely, yeah. So I then called the police and the a police officer showed up mere minutes later. Um, but while I was waiting for the police to arrive, I called the church. So I had listened to the initial message, copied down the name of the girl, uh, uh, the representative of, of these four girls. When I spoke to the volleyball coach, I wrote down her name and phone number. When she gave me the pastor's number, I wrote down that information. Mm-hmm called the police, called the pastor, got his voicemail, left a message and said, I'm awaiting the police. I will call you later so that you don't have to feel the need to call me back because you know how in frenetic situations like this, if you leave multiple messages, everybody calls you back at the same time. The police came. Uh, Police officer took my report He said that he had walked around the parking lot to see if anybody had uh, one of those ring doorbell cameras, didn't see any. Mm -hmm. And um, I and he asked for my um, my insurance paperwork, (laughs) which I um, I have a habit that when I get the paperwork from, you know, I pay my insurance every six months when it comes in, I make a photocopy, keep the original in my files here, have a copy that goes in the car and I, it's scanned as well. And that goes in Dropbox. I'm sorry, in, in Evernote. And so I have a digital copy. I have the car copy, which all my adult life had figured having two copies is good. It, you know, this predates Evernote. Having two copies is good because what if you had a car accident and your car got smushed and you couldn't get into your glove box? I never uh-huh. anticipated what happens if your car gets stolen. <laughs> stolen. So when the police officer left, okay. I called my insurance agent, um, had to leave a message. And I thought, okay, well, the next step is to call the 800 claim number. And if people don't know this, there is a list of every insurance company's 800 claim number that I actually inserted into a blog post that I wrote about this. So if anybody ever uh, has the need to find something like that quickly, they could Google it. Or I have a blog post organized to prevent or recover from a car theft. And in there is a link to um, a, a massive list put together by the insurance industry of the claim number for every uh, insurance company, at least in the United States. Yes. And let's, so, we, we'll put that in the show notes. So don't yes. let me forget. We I won't let you. I won't let you forget. So the insurance company, I, I got a, a, a woman who was very helpful and starts taking the claim. And 
what had happened over the course at this point, about an hour had elapsed from my listening to the voicemail to me calling and making the claim. The skies outside had darkened and my cell phone had given me an alert that a tornado, uh, that, that there was a tornado watch. And so I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. And while the uh, the insurance rep and I were on the phone, the power flickered and I was calling from a landline so as not to use up all my battery on my cell phone because I anticipated it was going to be a crazy on the phone kind of day. Um, and when it flickered, I made sure that she had my number in case we got disconnected, which the power did go out. She did. We did lose connection. Power came back on. The rep called me. We got almost all the way through the claim as she was explaining how the process would work with me being called by an adjuster, um, how much um, rental, how many rental car days my policy um, would would cover, depending on whether the car was stolen and returned and damaged or stolen and and lost. Turns out this is as a sidebar, this is a whole thing for your viewers who and listeners who aren't aware. There's mm. something called the Kia Boys. And there's something in oh. American Kias and Hyundai's from prior to uh, prior to the year 2022 that they are missing stabilizers. So if you have a Kia car that uses a key rather than the the push button right. start of of either of those makes in the United States, they may lack a stabilizer that prevents it from basically modern age um, hot wiring. Now in Canada, in Mexico, in Europe, in every other um, industrialized country, um, there are legal requirements that the cars have this little doohickey to prevent it from being stolen, but we're special here. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, while so this guy was actually looking for a certain type of. They were looking then. for I kids, mean, and he, I have. He knew yeah. that ah, there's a yes. likely. Yes, and it, yeah, and I was vaguely aware of the concept of these Kia boys, and I should say, these are generally teenagers or very, uh, very young twenties. As far as I've seen, they're all guys who do this. These are not. Um, car thief car theft rings looking to make money kias for example have ev- have the vin number etched into every part in the vehicle so nobody's going to take a kia soul to a chop shop this is purely for the so-called excitement and fun and this was done on what was the last mm-hmm. monday before public school started here in august um i'm from new york state where school starts after Labor Day, but as as you know, Frank, from your experience as an educator here in the South, schools start a whole month earlier. So this was probably the last joyriding opportunity for the the young folk. So um, as I'm speaking about, with her about the very last elements of the claim, the power goes out and it stays out. And it is hailing outside at this point. So when tornadoes come in the South, you get sometimes rain, sometimes hail, sometimes, you know, black skies and and scary noises. And so I am sitting now in a completely dark apartment. So it's 
the middle of the af- afternoon by this point, but it's almost nighttime outside from this storm. And I'm sitting in the dark. So I light a candle, I get a flashlight, <laughs> and I've got my, my, and my landline won't work because it's a cordless landline. So I get my cell phone and I try calling my insurance company back, but I can't connect to whom I was originally speaking. I eventually get a guy who looks everything up in the computer and says, I'm sorry, there's nothing in here about a claim associated with your policy. We're going to have to start from the beginning. So I start by reading him everything that I had taken notes on while I was Mm -hmm. speaking to the original person to let him know he didn't need to explain any of those things to me. And then he starts asking me questions. And while he's asking me, I get a text from the main number at my insurance company, giving me my claim number and all of the information. So obviously it just hadn't fully processed mm-hmm. by the time that he um, he looked it up. So we were able to end that call. And as I got off the phone with him, I said, I have um, a Kia Soul. And, I, and as far as you said, knowing what cars to pick, I've seen from TikTok, there are all sorts of videos on TikTok and YouTube, uh, YouTube being where all of these young people learned how to steal these cars. Okay. Uh, uh, A Kia Soul is probably the most identifiable model of car because I think they're shaped sort of like the Fisher-Price little people cars of the 60s and 70s. They're very boxy. Um, But um, I asked... Did did the rep think that there was any way I'd be able to track my car? Because I've got this little app uh, through Kia that tells me where I have parked my car. I can I can mm-hmm. click on it and it shows me, which is lovely if you come out of the mall after a long day or returned uh, to the airport in your home city after time away. And he's like, I don't know, but you could call Kia and find out. So I thought, well, I've talked to the police. I've talked to the person who witnessed the theft. I've talked to their grown-up. I've talked to insurance. I've talked to the police. What's next? So I call the local dealer and they suggest that I call the main Kia number. And as I'm about to do that, I think, you know, I'm going to try the pastor one more time. And I, cause I thought maybe there could be some clues with him. Turns out that after he had gotten the call from the volleyball coach, he and his wife had gone outside and picked up all of my paperwork. So they had rescued everything. And I said, great, I can't get over there today because I don't have a car to get to you. And he said, we're not even at the church because of the storms. We've gone home to seek shelter. So you can come to the church tomorrow and pick all of this stuff up. So I've written that down. I've written down, you know, I've got everybody's number. I've got, I I have um, basically time stamped when each conversation has happened so that if nothing else, I can get a blog post out of <laughs> and yeah, I, I'm of the belief that every bad thing in life from which you recover either becomes a cocktail party anecdote 
or a blog post, depending on what's going on in your life. So I call the main number for Kia and they say, well, we do have something that allows you to track your car, but it's associated with an app that didn't exist when you bought your car. So that, and that has a subscription. Well, I guess they only marketed it to people who were buying new cars after I bought mine. So there was some question as to whether I could sort of retroactively pay the prior month's fee to subscribe and have them ping the car. So they transfer me to somebody, to to somebody who can answer the question, where I remain on hold for an hour. Now, I'm a fairly patient person. When you're (laughs) talking on a landline, you can pretty much talk as long as you want. When you're on a cell phone, eventually you're going to run out of battery, which isn't a problem if you can charge your phone, which you can't do when you have no electricity, but normally you can go out and charge it in your car but you can't do you that can't if your car has been stolen. <laughs> just, 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 this is beginning to feel like an Ellen DeGeneres monologue where it's all going to come around in a circle. So I, by this point, have sent out um, a tech, a group text to everybody who was expecting to hear anything from me, all of my colleagues uh, who were like, you know, everybody who knows one another. But you did have a normal life and actually have a plan I had a for full, the day. I had <laughs> so Monday day. Mondays are the day that I release new blog posts that I share those blog posts with um, my colleagues in in a group, and then we share everyone else's blog posts. I had mm-hmm. I also had client calls to return, so they all got very brief calls um, saying, "Hey, this is what's happening." I'll get back to you. So because I had a list, I didn't have to, you know, that when you are stressed, either when you have uh, mental, emotional anxiety, stress, when you have the flu, anything that happens that affects your, uh, your cognition, trying to bring to mind everything you need to do is an impossibility, which is why mm-hmm. I am a big believer in having the master list and then the these are the these are the one this is the one big thing, two medium-sized things and three little things that I if I only get these things done today, that's what mm-hmm. I need to do. Well, that sheet so everything just got else torn off the, that sheet just got mm-hmm. torn off the pad. I looked at it and went, yep, there's nothing on here that can't be delayed until tomorrow. And that got mm-hmm. got stuck down and went this. And I basically proceeded for the rest of the day to make phone calls related to uh to the car. Now so, I think so that's you really you, you were really able to f- to clear the deck quickly. I I was it, but the rest only... of my life can wait. And because and... and and honestly because the electricity had gone out when the electricity goes out mm-hmm. the internet pretty much goes out. You can still use data oh, yeah. on your phone, but your computer and, and you know, unless you want to use your phone as a hotspot, you're pretty much on your own. I use a, a desktop computer because I like a, a great big monitor. And huh. so I was I was going to lose a chunk of productivity that day 
because of the storms anyway. So I guess I have to be thankful that it all happened at once rather than having the car stolen on Monday and then having the power out on Tuesday. And then I would have lost on, on both days. Um, so at this point, everything else was out of my hands. Kia was not able to, um, to track my car. Um, and I was just sort of, okay, now I wait. There wasn't anything else that mm-hmm. Monday I could do except start returning the calls to the people who, to whom I had said, hey, it'll be a minute. By the time I went to sleep that night, I had returned every call. The power came on and I had returned every email. I had shared my blog post and gotten to some of some of my colleagues posts but it was all sort of hey let's do work to take our mind off the catastrophe rather than what some people would do would want to you know eat or drink or gamble or run away mm-hmm. <laughs> do something to access access but by by treating what would have been my normal work schedule once I had power and internet to do it, by treating it as self-care, I was able to do some deep work and focus. But had I had small children, had I had an elderly relative to take care of, had I had uh, a nine to five job that I had to go to, other than Ubering, <laughs> that would have been problematic. Now, as as a, we have sort of reached the end of part one of the story. I feel like you should be inserting a commercial now. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, but that's what happened that first day. Um, mm-hmm. The next day, um, I got a call from the adjuster. So that was a new person, new date, new timestamp, logged all of the information. And because I logged all of the information I had as the as the, the the kids say these days, I had the receipts because that was important with dealing with the insurance company later on. That they had quoted me that if it's this situation, you get the rental car for this many days. If it's this situation, you get it an extended number of days. Um, that was helpful. Um, so I had a great conversation with the adjuster. And then I got another phone call, um, mysterious like the one the day before. And the caller ID just showed the phone number and not from whom the call was coming. Again, this was somebody identifying themselves as George from the police department. Now, you expect that when the police department calls, you're going to see the name of the police department name or the something police. on the exactly. caller ID. And he says, um, your car has been found and you need to go meet the, a police officer at this particular address um, to move things along. And my first thought was, a total stranger is telling me to come to a location. Let's leave aside the, the fact that I have no station, vehicle to get to that other, location. Yeah. yeah. And my first thought is, this is somebody who's going to kidnap me. I'm not going to, to do this. But it turned out he had the name of the officer and the off and the badge number that I had written down when the police officer had come the day before. And 
uh, he actually arranged for another police officer to pick me up because the idea of Ubering to where my car had been abandoned. So it, it turns out that the person who stole my car um, didn't actually, um, you know, they said they, he drove through a fence. So I'm picturing like a, a picket fence. The church had an enclosure, uh, sort of like where you'd mm-hmm. have like an enclosed garden or where you'd keep um, like a lawnmower or something. And he had hit the gate and knocked one panel of the fence over and the um, field that the girl said he drove off in is what you and I might call a backyard. The backyard of the church backs up to the dead end of a residential neighborhood and he had gotten spooked. So he had driven eight tenths of a mile from my house, took a turn, went into the back, drove around to the back of a church where he must have known that there was a dumpster, started dumping out my things, got startled, jumped in the car, hit everything, Mm -hmm. drove back through the backyard and into that residential neighborhood, which was heading back toward my house. So the car was actually found seven tenths of a mile from my house. And from doorbell footage, they were able to determine that just before that big storm with the tornadoes hit, he dumped the car um, approximately 30 minutes after he had stolen it. So he didn't get a lot of joy out of his joy ride um so um the police the police officer i had met the day before um was there to greet me he had already fingerprinted the car just like on tv that was very cool and he was sitting in his vehicle calling in this information um he told the other police officer who brought me there that i could get in the car and and start looking at things. Um, I don't keep very much in my car because I don't want my car to be broken into. So there's a plastic crate with some office supplies in the back of the hatchback, insurance paperwork in the glove box, along with, you know, the little uh, manuals that tell you what to do if a particular Mm -hmm. engine light comes on. Um, my, uh, My driving glasses... And a bottle of hand sanitizer. And that's, oh, and a a charger to charge the phone. So had he just wanted to break into the car, he wouldn't have gotten much out of it. Um, So I walk over to the car and the entire undergirding of the steering wheel is gone. So everything is just, and again, there are pictures on, on the website in the blog post of just all of the cables. So if you've never seen what goes on in and under a steering wheel, um, we can it, see it's, now <laughs> it's, it, it's just all yeah. these little cables hanging very, very sadly, including where you would normally put the key in the ignition, the ignition that the little round silver bit is attached to cables and it was just sort of hanging. So, I was able to point out to the police officer the things that were in the vehicle that were not mine. There was a tall can of something with a lid left where you'd normal in the side pocket of the door where you might put a beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, we suspected that that is used to break into the car because unlike what you often see in these videos where the Kia boys act, my windows were not broken. Um, had 
he just stolen the car and not driven into a fence, um, there would have been a lot <laughs> less, uh, uh, less of a recovery time. But the odd thing was that in the center console, the part that's sort of like an armrest that you lift up, there was a very, very ancient Ziploc bag filled with quarters. Lots of quarters, maybe $20 worth of quarters. A friend of mine said, well, he was either going to the laundromat or the gaming arcade. Because <laughs> I thought... So at least at least he lost his quarters. He lost he lost <laughs> his he lost his quarters. I, however, have watched way too much television. So I took a tissue, pinched it around the bag, and walked it over to the police officer. And I said, I'm afraid that this has drug residue on it. I don't want to touch it. So I didn't even get to keep the quarters. But um from there, the car had to be towed because he had destroyed the ignition system. Mm-hmm. I immediately took pictures and sent it to the adjuster. The police arranged for the car to be towed. And then the next day I was assigned what's called a field rep, which is sort of a sub adjuster. So everything, everything worked out as well as could have been expected because I got my car back. I had insurance and eventually it got fixed, Mm. but it took, two months for me to get my car back because there are so many Kia thefts in the country that parts are unavailable, particularly for the ignition system. Wow. So this was one of those things where it was very good that I took careful notes because someone in the insurance company sort of goofed for a week and didn't get back to the body shop to make sure that the body shop knew that they had the vehicle and the body shop people had my car for a week and didn't know that they had it. Um, And then my car was missing for a while and it turned out that it was at the dealership because the Mm -hmm. dealer fixed. And this is something most people don't know that insurance companies primarily work with body shops. So when cars are damaged or stolen, insurance is generally covering things related to the body. So there are these um, fixed relationships where everybody in a body shop knows how the insurance is handled. That doesn't exist with mechanics. So body shops outsource all of the functional as opposed to the aesthetic aspects of the car Hmm. to body, to usually dealerships. So we had people who boo-booed, we had things on back order. Um, it, it, it took quite a bit of time, but I did get the car back after two months. However, initially the rental would only have been for three weeks for 20 days. So one day short of that. And they nobody had started working on the car by then. But because I had taken down information about what is available under certain circumstances, like I said, I had the receipts, I was able to go back and sort sort of work my way through the hierarchy of the insurance company. And once I found the right person, I got another 30 days of coverage. So instead of having to pay for basically a month of rental car mm-hmm. for myself, I ended up only having to pay for huge. two days. 
mm-hmm. two days. So, and, and I know you and I have talked about um, your ability to, to get recompense for things that have gone awry. So in general, as an experience, car theft is not something that I would recommend. You know, I think a vacation mm-hmm. in Europe might be a more fun way to spend uh, two months. I would but say I, so, yeah. I will, I will tell you that I learned a lot about what to do. And again, it's in that blog post, what to do to prevent mm-hmm. a car theft and, and a break-in and what to do um, really everything step-by-step, step, how to handle it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I learned what not to do, you know? Um, so, so it, it's, it's been an experience that I have to say as an organizer, I had a leg up on the average person mm-hmm. because every, all of my information was organized in advance. When I started taking in information, I was logging it as, you know, as if I were a cub reporter <laughs> or a police officer and time and date stamping everything. So mm-hmm. that is in, the tale. In the of, moment. In the in moment. The, so the while contem- you're on the phone anyway, in a conversation anyway, the only difference between you and the average person is you have something to write on, something to write with. And I is don't know. The, the purple, the pad. purple, the purple pads. Now, now it's your trademark. You, yeah. Now you know that I am hybrid. I I love paper. I organize. I am big on organizing paper, but I also have a digital system. So all of my notes mm-hmm. got scanned into Evernote for perpetuity, I, I so that I don't that. have yeah. to save these pieces of paper. But having them in the moment, not having to worry about, because I was sitting in the dark, it is much easier to turn the flashlight on in your phone and scribble these things down than to try with with my ancient thumbs to, to try Absolutely. to, to yeah. log all of that. And, and like the photos that you took, did you take those into Evernote or Absolutely. camera roll? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've got, so, so. It's both. It's it's in the camera roll, so that's backed up to iCloud. Yeah. Um. It's um. It's on. It's it. They're they're in the blog post. <laughs> some of them. Um. But they're also backed up. So there's a great photo of the fence that got knocked down. Uh. One part of the story that I didn't tell is that evening after I had sort of accomplished everything I could and the storms had stopped. I had a young neighbor, he and some and one of his friends were standing outside chatting and we were all looking at the rainbow and I was telling them my tale of woe. And I said, I just feel like my car isn't that far away. And and, you know, we were saying, yeah, it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood. Well, they went off to dinner and they came back and they said they were at the mall and they literally drove the entire um the circumference of the mall looking at every red Kia to see if any of them looked like they'd been hit in the front but at a fence. But then we hopped in their car the car and I stuck my arm out the back window with the key fob and we we drove literally almost every street from here to where that church was. And would you believe the only thing we didn't do 
was at one point we turned left because turning right, it said dead end. My car had been at that dead end. I was within less than a tenth of a mile from my car. Had I been maybe 20 paces closer, I would have been able to set off the alarm. Wow. So so when when the car was found, <laughs> it was like, well, let's take some pictures of exactly where it is. So all of that is is backed up. If I ever do have something that makes me world famous, this could be a lovely little chapter. We've got all the photos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I guess things like the the license plate number and the VIN number. Mm-hmm. You have a record of that somewhere, I guess, in Evernote? Abs- absolutely. So when um, my my insurance paperwork, when when um, when I renew my insurance every six months, I, uh, you know, some people pay every month. You get a little discount if you if you pay every six months. And I'm all about being frugal. So I get paperwork that has like a little uh, it's a full piece of paper, but it's a little card that you can cut out. And mm-hmm. I. Um, I take a uh, I take a picture of that, put that in Evernote, and then I photocopy it and put it in my f- one copy in the file and the original in the glove box. So there is no circumstances where I can't give the VIN number, the license mm-hmm. plate number to somebody. So um, several years ago, right before the pandemic, somebody somebody low speed at like two miles an hour at a red light hit my car and accessing all of the information for the police report took literally a split second. I didn't have to go, Uh you know, you've seen cars, you know, you've, you've gone, you know, to the mall or wherever, and you look over at a car and it's just filled to the brim with everything from car seats and toys to soda pop cans. It's like, I'm an oh, organizer, yeah. so I have I have to keep a presentable looking car. So it it's very easy for me to find any of my items, and and that's that's not that's not a judgment call. It's just for me to sleep well at night. I need things to be organized, or you know, you you get sort of like Ugh! it was mm-hmm. a relief to have all of that information. So for anybody listening. I would encourage them, and these are the kinds of things I tell clients all the time, make sure you have not just paper. This is where hybrid comes in. You have paper copies, but you have a digital copy. Take, you know, if you've got a printer that that does copies, you can lay out everything that's in your wallet front and back so that you have mm-hmm. a scan because if, God forbid, your wallet gets stolen, you yeah. have to call each of the credit card companies yeah. and How many credit cards do I have in that wallet? What's in my wallet? And 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 people Uh people think just in terms of credit cards, you have to call the DMV and get a new driver's license. So anything in your life that has information associated with it, you need to save that information in multiple ways or multiple formats. So if something comes via paper, you can copy it and digitize it. If something comes digitally, you can print it so that it goes in your files. And people may feel like that's to excess, but I call it the, you know, it's the belt and suspenders approach. 
you you are covering all of your bases so that you can you can sleep easily at night. Yeah, and and it takes so little time to do those kinds minutes. of things. Mere and, minutes. And, and you compare that to how long it would take you if you don't have that stuff in your. Oh, what do I have in my wallet? Hey, you know, it, it's the great unknown. Uh, I mean, j- just just last night we had a um, a floodlight burnout, so I so I need mm-hmm. new floodlight batteries. So you know, we go to Home Depot and okay, we buy floodlight batteries. Mm-hmm. So 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 guess what I'm doing? Taking a picture of this box because will I ever need to buy these again? <laughs> and if so. What brand were they? What wattage were they? So forth and so on. And so snap and a light picture. Bulbs. It's, it's in Evernote. And next time I got, you know, here's a picture of exactly what I need. And batteries and light bulbs are, are a great example because, you know, I know that most of the light bulbs in my house are just 60 watt bulbs with the wide base. But I have a chandelier in one room that makes it sound very fancy. But, you know, it's a lighting fixture, mm-hmm. uh, the kind that uses the sort of little candle candle uh-huh. shape. We, we uh, have them, too. And yeah. those use the very narrow base. But if you don't remember, you know, if you if you I mean, and there's so much we have to keep in our in our brains these days. Why mm-hmm. keep that in your brain when you can just, like you said, you don't even have to type the words. You can just snap a picture of the box and you're done. Mm -hmm. So, so these things, you know, I consider it a broader perspective on an insurance policy. We think of insurance in terms of, of something that's going to make us whole financially, you know, Mm -hmm. but by having insurance it, it and something gets stolen, you aren't out any money or, or you know, except for the case of like your deductible, you're not out much money and you want to be made whole. So you get an insurance policy for if somebody steals something from your house that they don't, you know, you're replacing, a you know, somebody steals your three-year-old TV, the insurance, you want a policy that's going to buy you a new TV, not a three-year-old TV. Um, <laughs> yes. and, and so all of the things that we do to back up the kind of information, wow. whether it is the information we can acquire and safeguard in advance, think of it as taking an umbrella along. I guess that's where the mm-hmm. term umbrella policy comes. <laughs> comes from you know you you're you're preparing yourself in advance for the eventuality that somebody's going to hit the car and you're going to need to to give the license mm-hmm. but you know you see and then, on tv and then what do you do you know it would help to have to have thought through that to start with exactly that's i think that's one of the reasons why if you um if you're a 16 year old and you take driver's ed they usually give you like a little piece of paper that most kids end up putting at the bat- the bottom of their lockers and then throwing out. But it's something that tells you what to do in case there's an accident. A lot of insurance yeah. companies print that on the back of your insurance card. Because in the moment when something unimaginable happens, whether it is a horrific accident, a fender bender, a car theft, mm-hmm. It is, there are very few people who can retain a sense of calm. And when you are not calm, 
your mm-hmm. blood pressure increases and your brain is not working on all cylinders. You know, all, all of the, the blood glucose in your body is going to your arms and legs in case you have to run or, or fight off a tiger. And it is not going to your brain to enable you to do calculus more quickly. Mm-hmm. And, yes. yeah. and what I find is that if I take notes on just about anything that is potentially important, I'm going to have greater recall. I'm going to have mm-hmm. greater ability to rebuild the possibilities. Um, I, I have this conversation with my clients all the time that when you call uh, customer service for anything, put the date in the margin, mm-hmm. pretend pretend you're, you're you know, taking notes for fourth grade social studies. That's put right. The date in the margin. When the person says their name, because people say, and you're like i'm sorry could you repeat your name please and you say it nicely but but Mm -hmm. have them you write down their name they tell you everything and then you ask your questions and then you say my note just to make sure i got this straight so that you make sure that your expectations of what is coming next jibes with theirs and then you say Mm -hmm. very often if they say um, okay, we're going to credit back your $14.32 that was incorrectly charged. Okay, when w- should I see that in my account? And mm-hmm. is there a confirmation code that goes along with that? And usually and, there is, yeah. Right. And sometimes you want to ask, and, and do you have an agent number? Or do you have an extension that I can call you back at in case something goes awry? And sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. Sometimes you get somebody who couldn't care less and, you know, you're going to have to deal with it. But if you get and record all of that information that you're hearing anyway, you know, you're having this conversation. You're spending the time. This information is coming to you. And either you have a system for keeping track of it or you don't. And and it doesn't matter yeah. whether it's a paper system or digital, although digital mm-hmm. allows you to have it, grab it for for from wherever. So because yeah, you can I search had, and right. Yeah. So because I had the information about the adjuster in my phone when I was at the place where the car had been abandoned, I not only was able to take the pictures, I was able to take the pictures, text them to the adjuster and say, is there anything else you need me need from me while I'm here with the car, knowing that the tow truck was going to carry it off? And again, I didn't see my car for another two months. So mm-hmm. getting, you know, and certainly the the information that the insurance company needed was going to be gleaned in a very official way from the body shop. But having this information myself ensured for example, that when I picked up my car after two months, um, I had said, well, I'm going to come. They said, your car's ready. You can come pick it up and you can just leave the rental car here. And I'm like, well, I'm going to come and I'm going to make sure that everything's actually done. And they did a very nice job. The car was operable. I have brand new key fobs and brand new keys with new electronic doodads inside. Um, The car looked almost brand new, but there was 
a tiny bubble in the paint way down low that nobody would have noticed, which they fixed, they buffed out in a second. But there was a scratch where the um, where the car, almost all of the damage was low down, but there was a scratch where the car had hit the latch of the gate before he made mm-hmm. his grand escape. And because I had a picture of the car from not that long before the mm-hmm. trip, which which was, you but know, that's gradual. That, 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 that was already, a, yeah. Yeah. I just happened to have that. And because I had a picture of what it looked like when we picked it up, I was able to say, nope. They said, well, we just thought that was rock damage from some point. I'm like, nope, that was that was from the mm-hmm. theft. And they fixed it right away. And I was able to move on. But I was I said, here, I have these photos. And sometimes if you speak authoritatively enough, they don't even care about your proof. But the point is, if you write everything down or type everything, if you Mm -hmm. maintain your records in an organized way that's searchable, however works for you. And like I said, I like a hybrid approach, paper and digital you can reduce so much of the stress that comes with an already stressful situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And so so when you called me that, Uh yep. And when you called me that day, I was feeling the stress, but I said, hi, Frank, this is what's going on, but I'll be glad to talk to you. And, and for, for anybody (laughs) who is watching or listening, you called the next day just to make sure that I was okay. And I want to, yeah. I want to give you a big heart for that. Well, I, it was, yeah. it was very sweet and comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because guess what else? As you're telling me what's going on, I'm jotting some of that down because who knows what I'll need and when I might need it again. One, I kind of want to, have something to jog my memory uh, to reach out to you mm-hmm. and for you not to have to fill in a bunch of details. Yeah. You know, let, let me get some of this down. Better to take too many notes than, you know, than not enough notes. And then um, of course, then looking at those notes later going, you know, this, this would be a good YouTube video podcast blog post because we all, you know, at some point, we're all going to experience something like this, an automobile accident, a theft, a loved one getting very sick suddenly. Dealing with the hospital, and, yeah. Yeah. And now, number one, our our world has kind of been stood on its head. Our day has totally changed. Maybe our week has totally changed. Maybe longer than that has totally changed. We're in a situation that we're not used to, and our our salvation is being able to grab the information. Some of it we may never need again, but then being able to get on the phone three weeks later and say, hi, this is Frank Buck. Hi, this is Julie Bestry. I wanted to check on whatever. I talked to... Jim on the, you know, and when they say, well, well, I, I, you know, my, my car's being repaired. It's y'all have had it for quite a while now. Uh, And some guy that I talked to said something about, you know, that 
But uh, I brought my car in on such and such a day and I talked to Jim on the 24th and he said it would take about three weeks to do the repairs. And, you know, then first of all, first of all, it helps them to go, oh, yeah, Jim, Jim's right here. Let me grab him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to take you more seriously. Did this person really knows what they're talking about? And, and not only not only did they document that conversation back then, they're also taking copious notes on this conversation now. So I better not just fluff them off. That's so true. I think that um, you know, I I am a student at heart. You know, from from yes, I, I took those skills from childhood. So I. You know, I'll have this conversation with my mother all the time. I'll say, well, what did the doctor say about such and such? And and she'll just sort of retell. I'm like, you should really take notes when you go to the mm-hmm. doctor, because then you can say, OK, I wrote this down. A great example is that several years ago, my mother had um, a mitral valve repair and we were waiting and waiting for the, the, the it took much longer for the surgery to take place. And when the doctor came down, by this point, it was like four hours later than we were expecting. I was very nervous. And um, her friend was with me and we were sitting there and the doctor came over and was talking to us and he started to explain things. And I was writing down what he was saying. And he's like, please, please, you're not, you're, this, this is medical, the, please don't try and write it down. It's not gonna make sense to you. And I said, trust me, this is how I make sense of things. Mm-hmm. We got to the end. I said, okay, let me see if I understand this straight. And I repeated back everything that he had said about what had happened in surgery, what was what was going on, um, that uh, they were having trouble bringing her blood pressure up, what they were going to do next, and what the expectations were. Because I knew, just like every other day that my mother was in the hospital, that once everything was relayed to me, I had to call my sister long distance and tell her and then report to a whole series of my mother's friends. I was able to then read back um, and make sense of what he had told me by sort of synthesizing it and using my own words. Every experience in the hospital is very much like every experience you have when you're dealing with the police or the insurance company or any kind of customer service that if you write down what happened, what you were told. And particularly if you verify, you say, you just told me this, is this accurate? Is this, am I, am I Mm. understanding this correctly? It does two things. It gives them a chance to correct you. If you got something wrong, it gives them a chance Mm -hmm. to correct themselves. If they either said something wrong by accident, or if they realize, Oh man, She's going to she's got proof that that I said this thing. I should probably say, well, it may be this or it may be that. But you end up removing a lot of the junk possibilities of life Uh when you have some way to rebuild the moment. You know, it would be great if we all had the equivalent of instant replay like in sports. Sure. but we don't. I mean, even the police who have uh, their their body cameras, the body cameras are not always on and they're they're not generally in color. If everything we say and do could be replayed, 
we'd have a lot fewer, we'd probably have a lot fewer fights in the world about what Mm -hmm. somebody said. Married couples would get along much better. But also, so much of the stress comes from uncertainty. And if you can eliminate the uncertainty by having all of the information you need, it's worth mere seconds in writing it down. Now, you're not going to transcribe a conversation when you buy ice cream, but anything where it has big stakes, like your car, which other than your home, your car is probably the most expensive thing you own. So I'm sure if after the fact, somebody said, well, if you could have gotten your car back and not had to spend uh, money for for two months of car rental, would it have been worth it to you to take notes for 10 minutes? I think Uh everybody would have said, well, yeah. So so that's sort of where we are. So that's my recommendation to anybody who's listening that if you take contemporaneous notes during a stressful situation, you're going to save yourself. But one of the things I say in the blog post is when something anxiety provoking happens, whether it is a theft or a car accident or an illness, anything like that, call someone to come be with you. If all the person does is hold your hand, that's going to comfort you emotionally. Person Uh may be able to make a cup of tea or watch your kids and keep them, them entertained and quiet while you deal with the police or with the doctor. But they can also take notes. And a great example of this was in 2011, I was diagnosed with diabetes and I was in the hospital and a colleague of mine, a good friend was in um, in Atlanta and she drove a little more than an hour and a half to come be with me when she found out what was going on. And that evening when I was being shown how to give myself a shot of insulin, she took notes on not so much the visuals because, you know, you'd really need an artist to do it, but the steps of how you have to make sure there's no little bubble and and what to do with the needle and all, all of these things. I didn't have to take notes. I was exhausted Mm -hmm. that day, but my, but having a friend there, whether it's to take notes or to take all of that everyday stuff. So you talked about how I already had a day plan happened that my day would have been blown up by, by tornadoes and power outages anyways, but had I had somebody, you know, had I had a client day that day, I could have, for example, had somebody over to return all of the incoming calls to me mm-hmm. so that I could have focused. So you don't, if, if, if you don't deal well with taking notes and synthesizing information in stressful situations, your spouse or an adult child or your next door neighbor or a friend can be called upon. I think we often feel in these situations like we have to solve all of the problems ourselves, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we solve part of the problem by calling on someone else to be our support. We, we don't all have to to be the the lone wolf in these kinds of situations. Yeah. And again, going back to the notes that other person can also work from your notes. You know, can make a phone call on your behalf and they weren't part of the original conversation, 
but they can go from your your notes, you know, that my friend, you know, it show I I have, you know, on such and such a date, such and such a time, my friend talked to this person who said that A, B, C, D, without you even being there and without you having to recount from memory this conversation. You know, in, in the moment we think we can remember anything. Oh, that's fine. I re- and then you get off the phone and it's like, what was discussed? And and for you, it seems to be that that purple legal pad that that's where things <laughs> things go. And for me, for many years, you know, a, a paper journal, nothing but a book of blank life. But you know, as a school principal, you know, you're responsible for everything that shakes, rattles, or rolls in that building. Sure. Every everything said during a phone call initiated by a parent. Uh, everything said during a one-on-one conference with everybody. You're responsible for everything said. How do you keep... And so many of those interactions you think are nothing. You know, somebody's upset about something. You talk to them. Everything seemed to be okay. They seemed to be happy. And then three weeks later, they're complaining, you know, three steps above your head. Yep. It sure is nice to be able to open that journal to the page where you thought that, you know, I took notes. This isn't anything. And go, yes, I talked to Miss so-and-so on such and such a day, such and such a time. Here's what she was upset about. Here's what I said. And and at the end of the conversation, she said, thank you so much. I feel so much better for talking to you. <laughs> it's all, it is all the difference in the world. It's validating. Yeah, and most people don't do this. So when you do and you have these good notes and the person who's trying to throw you under the bus is just kind of off the top of their head going, well, I talked to him and and he said something. I think he said it. And there you've got. Sometimes then all you have to do from there on out is just open the book and people start backing off. It's like, oh, she's got her notes. He's got Well, it works as a professional organizer, this is the thing that that I have found is so helpful with clients. So I had a client years ago who was going to be audited, uh, have his, his taxes audited by the state um, uh-huh. for, his, for his business. And we, when, when he, he first called upon me, his papers were in disarray, but we had worked together for about a year so that every Every document was in a folder associated with a particular category. We Uh had an index of categories so that if he had an assistant come in and need to find something, it was very, very easy. Um, He had the audit on a day that I was going to be away at a conference and he was nervous. He's like, well, what if I can't find something? And I'm like, well, and this was in the days before texting was was particular particularly popular i said on that day i will check my voicemail at the lunch break even though i'm I'm at my conference in case you have any questions i didn't have a message from him at the lunch break and at the end of the day i called him just to see how it went he's like they walked in they looked at all of the folders they asked one question 
I went to the folder, I used the index, I went to the folder, I opened the folder and they said, okay, thank you. And they left. Mm-hmm. They were, they, they found, you know, and, the, and that's the thing. If, if there's a confidence that comes from being organized, from there having sure contemporaneous notes, from having a system in place, nobody is born knowing how to do this. This is why, this is why, and again, as a professional organizer, I do any, everything from residential work to businesses, everything from from files and paperwork to computers to people's closets and kitchens. But having a system that works for you, that you will mm-hmm. stick to, is the way to do it. For me, that system is taking contemporaneous notes with any sort of important conversation. When um, a prospective client calls me, I've got the, the purple legal pad. Purple start- legal pad is always there. So I, I guess one writing. thing, always having something to write on and write with. And it doesn't matter whether it's digital or paper, mm-hmm. as long as you use it. It's it's your commitment to your system rather than the system. Because people will ask me all the time, well, I just don't know. They, people feel, they feel guilty if they still use paper. They say, oh, I know I should be taking these notes online. I'm like, why? It's like... If you're doing it on paper, if you're using one notebook and not 52 tiny pieces of paper in the backs yeah. of envelopes yes. and napkins. Where it's all then, in one place. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that we sometimes take for granted that these little parts of our systems can have such profound benefits for us. Like, what I said about photocopying the contents of, of your wallet, but you take everything out, you lay it in two columns, you take you take the, the scan, and then you turn everything over in the column stick. And now you've got something, each the front and back corresponding with the phone number and mm-hmm. you have the number. And so when you have to call and say, hey, I lost my wallet, my wallet got stolen, here's my number. Now, I'm sure that every app for every credit card has a way to report your your theft or or, or your mm-hmm. loss. But that's not all that you may have. You may have your Medicare card. You may have your, you know, I tell people don't put your social security card in, in your wallet, but not every right. not everybody's yeah. gotten that message. Don't put your social security card in your wallet. Also, don't put it in your car. <laughs> um but your driver's license, not everything can be reported in an app at, at the touch of a button. Mm-hmm. Having all of that information available to you is going to save you time. It's going to save you effort. And honestly, it's going to save you the stress that you would other ha- otherwise have trying to gather all of this information together. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you know, it, it's the peace of mind. And how important is that to us? And that's what if, 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 if you never need any of that, it's the peace of mind that if you did, you know, that if we had an accident, if somebody stole my wallet, if this happens, if that happens, I've got a plan. I know what to do first, second, third. And in the midst of a bad situation, one, two, and three are easy to do. Absolutely. Because you can't. It's so much harder to come up with a game plan if you are scrambling 
from from the mm-hmm. very beginning. Who did I talk to? Where was the phone number? Like, because I went into that conversation with the police officer who showed up at my house with the name and phone number of the teenage girl, the name and phone number of her volleyball coach, the name and phone number of the pastor at the church where everything was. So just being able to turn that information over to the police. And then when I went, had the police report number, I I don't know that I'll ever forget, but I know the name of the police officer and his his badge number. It's uh-huh. like that's just that's just like stuck in my brain. I'll I'll be I'll be in the nursing home and I'll be able to answer that like <laughs> it's a Jeopardy question. But I if I hadn't written it down in the moment, and I think pe- people forget that writing things down is a great aid to memory because absolutely you are yeah. processing it instead of it going in your ears and and just out the in one ear and out the other it's going in your ear in your eye into your brain and out through your hands and then you not only remember what you heard but you remember that you wrote something and you're able to to sort sort of bring all of these thoughts together this is probably why if nobody remembers anything else from biology, they remember that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. You know, there are all of these <laughs> things that we remember because we learned them and wrote them down. So, Absolutely. so I would say that that taking contemporaneous notes and organizing them is sort of like the mitochondria of productivity, and it is the powerhouse of making sure you can sleep at night. How's that Absolutely. for a bad metaphor? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, for everyone who's watching and listening today, uh, number one, it helps you make it makes you feel better about your day because your car hasn't been stolen. But secondly, and more importantly, all the stuff we've been talking about, about having a system to trap all of this information should you need it. So really two charges here for everyone. Uh, Have you had a similar situation where, your documentation has saved you. Maybe it was a car wreck. Maybe it was a confrontation with someone else at work, whatever it was. And and your notes were the thing that saved you. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment there. If you're over on the blog, leave a comment there. I'm sure other people would love to, uh, to read about, hear about what you're doing. And secondly, if you don't already have a good system of documentation, get one today. It could be a blank notebook, as long as it's the same one. It could be a memo pad in your pocket. It could be an an app on your phone. It could be Evernote. It could be OneNote. It could be Apple Notes. You know, there's so many of them out there. But being able to take notes on the fly and then get back to them when you need them. We're in an information age and your information's only as good as your ability to put your hands on it when you need it. So, Julie, thank you so much for this return visit. And thanks to everybody. This has been a long episode. I hope you've enjoyed the story. I hope you're taking from it something that you can use for the rest of your life. This has been Frank Buck helping you get organized and make it look easy.